chase betterment, chase personal development, professional development, and you will ultimately win. There's no losing with that. It's not degrees. It is an unwavering, relentless pursuit. Those who refuse to give up, that's it. Welcome to Thrive Well with Jess Woodbeck. Hi, Maria. Thank you so much for joining us here on Thrive Well podcast. I super appreciate your time. Thank you, Jessica. I am so humbled and grateful to be on your show today. Excited yes. to talk with you. Yes. And for those of you listening, Maria is a powerhouse female leader. We met in a coaching group that we've been in for years. Both have the same coach, go to the same mastermind, same groups. And she owns Remax at home. And she has about 14 agents and growing lots of staff, lots of services. So can you fill everybody in on exactly who you are and what you guys are known for? Absolutely, Jessica. So we're here in Philadelphia. Um, we got about 20 people um, in our organization at this point and growing every single day. I always have to say, wait, do we add any or subtract any today? Yeah. So uh, fun times here in Philly. You know, we focus on everything from first time buyers to investors, whether that's multifamily, mixed use properties, commercial real estate. We also own a mortgage company that we just launched in January, so that's brand new. Um, also, two other businesses launching this year, and maybe a third. Uh, mm -hmm. Depends how much I can actually get done. So, have a lot of moving parts, a lot of moving pieces, and um, yeah, no grass growing under my feet. I love it. You are always moving and so fast. And that's one thing I thoroughly enjoy about you. And congrats on the mortgage company. When I saw that, that, that came to fruition and you launched it, that was so exciting. I was major cheering you guys on. So well done, my friend. Yes. So what I would love to start out with, um, our, this podcast, as people know, is all about talking, um, outside the narrative. So people come to real estate for happiness and freedom. We know that a lot of times they think the, the schedule is super flexible. It's not going to take much work. Anybody could do it. You and I both know that's not true. And I really want to shed light on behind the curtains, what it takes, what it actually feels like to hit the success track, much less lead and own a brokerage as a female entrepreneur. So let's start out with um, over the last, let's call it five years beyond the pandemic. What has been your biggest challenge in growth in sustainability of this career that you feel people don't know, that people don't talk about? So I think the number one thing is people. I think training and leading people in an organization is probably the biggest challenge in probably most organizations. I think that people don't understand that what real estate is, uh, the work that is necessary to put into it to be successful. And also one of the things from an, if you're looking from an agent side is, are they willing to do the work? And <clears throat> one of the biggest challenges that I've had prior to now is wanting 
the success for more for them than they wanted for themselves. And so I had to learn to let go of that narrative and be okay with the people that were going to exit themselves and not be sad or disappointed by it because I'm doing the work. If they can't do the work, then it isn't going to work. So I think right. that's that's another thing that I've been able to figure out and, and walk through and just kind of being acceptance of. Yeah, that is, I can say I've struggled with that myself um, with staff or even agents and in, in wanting their success or their growth more than they want it or believe in it. And differentiating those two pieces is so important as a leader. There's so much you can do with the person that isn't sure they can do it right? The belief is not there. And so you can work on inspiration, you can work on skill set, but the difference of that person versus the person that just is like, I don't want it. I don't want to work harder. I don't want to do those things. Um, well, I think they think that they do. I think, you think that so are you, you they think, think they that they do. Yeah. No, I think that they think that they want to work on it, but they're not willing to take the action on the daily that needs to happen and the consistency to create the momentum to be successful. Yes. Because anybody can do it for a day or for a week. But I say day in, day out, this is a very boring business. If you do it and excel at a high level, it's extremely boring because it's monotonous. It's the same thing over and over and over again. Talking to, you may talk to different people, but it's the same conversations. Okay. It's the same questions. You have to ask these questions. You need to know where they're going next. You need to know what's the motivation behind the move. You need to know what will happen if this doesn't happen for you and your family. You know, you need to know, are you, are, do we need to sell before we need to buy? What's the strategy? So although the, players change that it's the same type of thing you're coming on every day yeah and so if you do this at a high level and you're talking to a lot of people it's very monotonous I'm not saying it's boring but it, it is monotonous and it is there's a cadence to it and if it becomes monotonous and a cadence then you are on their way to success or have reached success yeah. But not everybody thinks it's like we're doing HTV. Right. It's exciting and it's fulfilling every single moment. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think I was actually in a conversation this morning with our director of sales and he was a former agent with us and he was a salesperson. And we talked about how leadership and this can obviously we're talking about the agent, but we can flip this to leadership, which leadership can be lonely leadership can get boring because once you're doing it right, you do have boundaries around certain conversations or friendships within the org or whatever it may be. And it's no different than what we tell the seller, right? Do you tell your sellers, Hey, once you've decluttered enough and gotten rid of certain knickknacks, the house may feel a little cold to you. And when it feels that way, you know, you're doing it right. 
So it's no different than what you're saying, right? The agent that is mastering boredom, you're on your way to success. That's how you know. That's how you get to the checkpoint of knowing you're on the right track, even though it doesn't feel that way. You feel like you should look for that next shiny bullet. I mean, God, in leadership, we feel that way, right? How many new programs or softwares or conferences have we gone to where we think, you know, <laughs> we might not have needed to do that. <laughs> Oops. So oh, I, I many, hear you. many. And it's, you know, I, I love to go because I love to see people like you, my friends, and, you know, break bread with you and have a, have a drink and a cheers and, you know, talk yeah. shop and all that. So that's a great part of it. But, you know, there is times where we do need to hunker down and we need to be focused and we need to be present in our organizations in order to take them to the next level, or you need to have the people in here to do it. And even those people need to have training. They don't know what's in your mind. They can't expect it to know it. And it takes a very long time. I think that's another thing to bring up, Jessica, in leadership. You could bring in somebody who you think is going to be great. And then in two weeks, nothing's happening. In three weeks, something's happening. Four weeks. But you know if they have they are committed, they are loyal, takes time to learn your business, even though they have maybe success in another organization or they were in real estate, but not in your organization. They need to learn how to work within the organization and that takes time. It takes yeah. time, it takes effort. It doesn't happen overnight. It could be six months, it could be a year. Yeah. You know, in some cases, the people that you see with these um, people that have been around a while, they've, you know, said it takes so much longer than you actually think to get all the pieces in the right spot in order for the ship to move really, really fast. Yeah, no, I totally agree. We have a rule of thumb when we hire someone on staff where, you know, it takes three months for them to really understand their role right? Just have full on, okay, I get it. I get what my role is supposed to be. Six months to be competent and 12 months to fully execute with competency and confidence. And talk about our industry, which is rapid. It's rapid. We're always doing something. We're always, look, look at how we opened this. You're going to roll out possibly three new businesses this year. I mean, that is the beauty of being an entrepreneur in real estate, um, is it gives you the, the space to do that. And it also causes a lot of distraction and commotion for those trying to gain their bearings. So um, 12 months is like a lifetime here in real estate. And yet in the, the game of life, it's nothing. It's nothing. So yeah, I think that's great advice. I love that. What would you say for agents that are now coming out of the pandemic? All of us are. Um, things are obviously loosening up. Uh, airports have just said there no more masks. Did I see you on a flight? Was that you or was that one of our other friends? Maybe it was one of our other friends. I saw them on a flight for the first time and they're like, no mask. So that was cool to see. Um, what would you say agents um, are feeling right now that they should be aware of as we move into our new normal? I think it's time to really hunker down as an agent. I think it's time to dig in 
I think that this marketplace has been on an upswing since for since 2011, so for 11 years. Uh, many people who have entered the industry over the last, you know, two, three, four, five, six years um, don't have a really um, a deep understanding of the industry before that, which was lots of smiling and dialing, lots of calls, lots of contacts, lots of, you know, digging deep and going deep with your client and really forming that connection and also um, working, working probably harder than they've worked in the last several years. You know, buyers and sellers falling from the sky, and all you had to do is stand there and catch them. Now, you got to probably run a little faster to, to hit that ball, right? Like a tennis match. <laughs> yes, I totally agree. And I think one of the concepts that I hope all new agents or even agents that have been with us for the last three, five years that don't know anything else is that the effort they put forth wasn't full capacity. It just wasn't. Those Correct. that have seen the marketplace that required more effort, more skill, more time on task know that it's been kind of a free ride. If you were smart enough and fast enough, you can make it rain. You could catch the buyers, right? You could catch the sellers like you were saying. And so that double effort doesn't necessarily mean, you know, now you're working overtime. It just means you really have to redefine the last three to five years. That wasn't full-time work. That wasn't hard work. That wasn't full-on effort. And now it does require that. And make no mistake about it. You don't do it. You're going to exit. You're going to be out of this marketplace. Yeah, I think we'll see about the 25% exit this year. Um, both in mortgage and in real estate. And what I, I know, you know, because I was in the business in eight, nine, 10, 11, is that we attracted more business in that time because we were skilled professionals and know how to get the job done with lots of very, very difficult situations. bankruptcies, a lot of moving parts, deals were very, very hard to get to the table. We had to work, I would say sometimes three, four, five times as hard to close that file. Yet, because we've walked through those doors, we're prepared. You will say, oh, you know, you get this, you got that, you're lucky. No, I prepared, I'm prepared. I've been prepared in real estate now, my preparation was over 18 years. In sales and marketing, my preparation's been over 29 years. I've almost three decades of preparedness in how to make it rain and how to make things happen. And so I think going back that you need to be prepared. You need to know how to ask the right questions what to say, right? You have a course on that. What yeah. to say, Yeah. what to do. And really make, if you ha- don't have a schedule as of yet, because you could just show up whenever, yeah. do, do the deal. Now going back, going back to basics, right? We teach in our, in our class, Rising Real Estate Academy, which is internal, our course for new agents. 
And the first things we learn are goal setting, affirmations, daily affirmations. You know, I am perfect health. I am a great leader. I am an amazing salesperson. I even easily and effortlessly close X transactions a year, whatever it is. Perfecting that daily schedule, what does that look like? The very, very basic things are going to help move people towards the success that they desire. And if you go back to, and this is not, you know, anything new, but this is something that if you go back and look over any sales over the last, however, 50 years, everybody, if they followed these basic things, their careers would double in what they're doing today. Right. You know, I love this conversation so much because I've had, I can't count from leaders to agents um, asking, what do you think it's going to take? What do you think it's going to take for me to win more deals, to get more deals to the table? And I am parroting exactly what you just said. It is simply going back to the basics and the basics are you lead generate, you work on your craft, your communication, your negotiation, your contract management skills, and you continue to do that over and over and over again, every day, every day. And if you have to do it seven days a week right now, you have to do it seven days a week. I promise you that's temporary. Just like this marketplace was temporary, right? So I love that. And I think that's really smart for um, any agent listening anywhere in this country uh, is that the basics will always trump the fancy and uh, the polished all day. It's like the idea of hiring somebody um, with high performance, but low trust factor versus, you know, medium performance and high trust factor. I would choose the latter all day because you can improve performance with a few small tweaks um, and you can't change somebody's work ethic. You just can't. It's born in them. It's what they want, what they will do, what they will justify all day long, which goes back to our original conversation. I think they think they want it, but they don't really understand what that means, what that looks like. Yeah. Okay. So as a married woman in real estate, uh, whom I know you love cooking amazing meals for your husband, you have a beautiful kitchen, you're a phenomenal chef, uh, you date him all the time. What would you say in being busy, being productive, being a leader, which is, you know, as a leader, we all know it doesn't turn off. You don't turn off leadership. It's always in, in your subconscious. It's always in your heart. Um, how do you honor that time? It's in my daily schedule. Yes. It's and I'm very good at following a schedule. So Jessica, if it's not in the schedule, it does not happen. If it's in the schedule, 9.8, of the time it happens. So I do honor it and I do take that seriously. And, you know, I was at dinner last night. We had a, we usually don't go out Sunday nights, but we were down um, at our beach house, although we didn't hit the beach because it was too cold. Nonetheless, we went to dinner and we ne- we don't go out on Sundays because I usually do um, our coaching call Sunday nights. But this was, a, you know, a special occasion, meaning we needed this time. Yeah. And... It wasn't, we 
put in a schedule and we said, okay, we're down here. We're going to spend time together. Um, and I ran into somebody who knows me and he said something about cooking. And I said, I cook every night. He's like, really? I said, yeah, I get home at seven and I cook and we eat at eight. And unless we have plans with a client or a friend or something, I, I just put that in the schedule and I feel like that's the time for me to a little bit decompress. Yes. And so I protect that time. Also, uh, my belief is that the magic happens when nothing is happening. Yesterday I was reading and I was listening to podcasts and then I was just sitting there and I was thinking, and then I connected the dots to something that like, I've been thinking about, but just in little time, thinking about it here, thinking about it there. And then all of a sudden, poof, the idea came. And it came because I wasn't in you know, a mode of going, going, going. I was kind of taking a step back, reading, relaxing a little bit. And allowing my thoughts to catch up with myself. Yes. So important. And on those lines of self-care, this is something you and I have talked about at length. Um, you know, I'm a huge fan, huge proponent of taking time for yourself in order for you to give to your husband, to give to your agents, give to your staff and clients. Um, what would you say is a non-negotiable um, daily and then annually that you make sure is either, I hear you, you're a scheduled person, I'm the exact same way, I even have to schedule my children being picked up from school or I won't do it. <laughs> it's in my calendar or it's not. Um, how do you go about that type of planning, um, which I assume allows for preparation, not only within your work life, but your personal life? I always take a moment each day to kind of dump out what happened today. And then I look at the week and seeing what's in store for the week. And then I just put things in my schedule, you know, little things like I might take a walk for 15 minutes or um, I may choose to have a phone call with somebody for 15 minutes to get mindset straight. There's a, just tiny little things that you can do every day. Just take a break, read a book for 15 minutes, listen to a podcast, you know, walk and listen to a podcast. But these are things that I do all the time. And I just put them into little holes that I have in my day. And I don't tell anybody. I just, you know, I'm like, okay, I have 15 minutes between this call. I'm going to walk. So I, we live in the city. So we can like walk around the block. So I walk around the block a few times, get some air, get some rejuvenation going. Sometimes, because I also live close to my house, I'll walk back and forth. So I might say, okay, well, I'm going to go home to eat lunch. And that's my 10-minute walk there, 10-minute walk back, 20 minutes to eat. Like So now I've already had time to like clear my head and think about 
strategize what's next. What do we have on the calendar today? What's meaning like what's on deck that needs to happen? And then how can I fill in these other gaps that we need to close in on? So I don't know. It's this how I work. I kind of just go roll with it a little bit. But I, you know, I think it's more strategic than that. And I hope what people are hearing is that you grab your inches. These 15 minute windows are inches that are yours to take. And if you don't, they're flash by with a blink of the eye and got a minutes and, you know, sitting at the coffee machine and these 15 minute windows, these 20 minute windows, these drives, they all matter. And what you do within that time frame can be impactful or it can be random. And I love that. I think something that um, has been interesting for me with that, I used to take every inch in the car. So I would schedule either a chat with a friend um, or I would listen to a podcast. And as of lately, I don't know if you remember, do you remember in 2021 when I had that concussion? I couldn't, and I I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't drive. And so I stopped driving and my lease was up. And so I got rid of my car and I didn't even get a new lease because I couldn't drive. And so my husband started driving me everywhere. And as someone who loves to be driven, I love to be driven. I don't care for driving. Me it's too. Stuck. Yeah, you too. It's stuck Chip with calls it. Chip calls it driving this morning. He's like, here I am driving Miss Daisy. Miss <laughs> yeah. Daisy. He's like, you. Yes. And I'm sure Chip loves it too, because my husband, whether he complains or not, he'll always say, you know, I actually, I love driving new places. But so my point is I've been driving still everywhere with my husband. Now I ended up getting a car, but now my husband drives my car and I don't take the inches for podcasts as often. So I'm finding new space for that. But what I found is the inches I get with him in the car are non-negotiable. I don't take phone calls now. It's time for us. And we, we play this little game where, because we're in business together, and I'm sure your spouse, Chip, even though you're not in business together, he's very close to your business, right? He knows what you're doing on a daily basis. It's easy to just talk about that. And so now we play games. Hey, if you could be anywhere right now in the world, where would you go and why? And we start having these dream-filled convos just to relax the brain for a minute and not be in business mode. So those are great tips. I love it. Um, Okay. Last question is if there is one thing that you feel most passionate about in your business um, that you're unwilling to give up, but you know, as a leader, as a, a business owner now, you should. What is that one thing? And how have you justified not releasing it? Hmm. That's a good question. I'd probably say marketing. Um, but I haven't found anybody who could do it yet better than me. So I know, I know it almost pains you to say that because you, you know that we've got to release at some point, but I've come to this new thought process um, and I'm trying it out. And you tell me, friend, am I justifying that there are things in life that bring us joy that don't necessarily fit into the box of right, meaning um, there's a lot of 
strong feelings with leaders within real estate that the leader shouldn't sell real estate, right? The leader should not compete with their agents, maybe keep a pulse, onesie, twosie deals, but really shouldn't be moving their volume to places that compete. Um, there's other places like, uh, you know, as you grow as a staff, I have uh, 13 staff members now, 37 agents. You know, I shouldn't be doing one-on-ones and especially me as I have director of sales, I have a sales manager. I shouldn't be sitting with my agents one-on-one, right? There's all these little caveats to scaling in business. And there's certain things in my business that I really do have joy in. I love meeting with my people one-on-one. Now I've had to cut it back, but I refuse to give it up. So I do it monthly. I will meet with my staff one-on-one. When it comes to marketing, do you see yourself ever giving it up? I think so. Um, I've worked with several people trying to move the needle. Um, Is it the vision piece or the execution piece? The vision piece. Okay. And I do execute someone on, the, on someone on the marketing, but definitely the vision piece. I don't know if I, I mean, it's a hard question. I think if I say for one business, if it's just for Remax at Home and Maria Quattro and Associates, perhaps, I think though the vision for the brands overarching for all of it, that would be probably a harder thing to do. To give that up. It is hard. Um, that was one of my last pieces I gave up, and I just did it at the beginning of this year. Oh, um, congratulations. Yeah, yeah, I guess. It, and it's it, they're doing a phenomenal job for sure. There's no doubt about it. Um, but it is hard. It's hard when because I think as realtors, right, we grow our brand and we're it's almost an identity to our business. And so that is very difficult. It's like hiring um, a house manager. It's a very, it feels personal and it is difficult to release that. So I wish you the best of luck with that. Well, when I find that right person, it will be released. Yes, I believe. But I'm not not willing to compromise at all on that. Yeah, nor should you, nor should you. You've built an incredible program. Yeah, that's not something I'm willing to compromise. And I think that's okay. And you mentioned before, I don't know if it was while we were talking or earlier, you know, hiring, finding that right person, even if it takes a really, really, really long time is really important because hiring the wrong is, could be destructive. It could be like a hurricane or a tornado into your organization. And you didn't even know what was happening and before it was too late. And not only did it cost just that one person, but it could be multiple people that they brought down with them within a short period of time. You know, we've had that recently happen this year. And um, yeah, so really, really being very, very, very cautious in who you bring in and taking it extremely. I'm not saying that leaders don't take it seriously, but I, I do know because of myself, Sometimes you just want to be done with this. Sure. Yes. Yes. And I think that's the most dangerous position to be in is you hire out of 
desperation versus or higher like exhaustion. Yeah, which is a desperate state, right? You're so right. exhausted. So we will we're we're just going to do it ourselves. We'll continue to do whatever we need ourselves rather than bring in somebody we're not 100% all in agreement with. Yeah. And that makes sense. I I went through the same thing uh, last year. We hired somebody that I thought was a great fit for our organization. And I know all good intentions were there, um, but it happened, unfortunately, exactly as you talked, right? Like it just, they weren't a great culture fit and it did affect the organization. And it was a lesson. It was definitely a lesson learned. There's a lot more checkpoints for staff, large staff hires than uh, ever before. Exactly. And I think that sometimes on paper, it looks good in conversation. It looks good, but sometimes you cannot tell work ethic until it's in the door. And if the cadence with them is off with the rest of the staff, meaning we're like hustling around, moving fast and they're slow and going out for walks to the store like three times and smoking outside and all this stuff does not sit well and will not sit well with our organization. So they, they could be able to do the position, the, their, their job, but wow. if that's the case, you know, and we're eight days in there, it's out. Yep. And, you know, it's okay. We don't need to give reasons why, right? Right. This is like, the reason why is that we can't sit there and watch you text your family all day while we're all working and you're outside chatting, chatting away. Right. Yeah. And you know what I always say, and I mean this, and I, I think you were at the conference where, um, Veronica got on stage and she's like, I use Jess Woodbeck's script when releasing folks for my organization. I really believe it's a release and it's whether they want it to be or not, it's a mutual release because if they're underperforming, if there's friction in what they're doing in your organization, they are not happy either. They're just hanging on for dear life and you get to release them into making a choice that's better suited for them. And I believe that to my core. Um, And I honestly, I wish looking back in my youth that managers or bosses that were overseeing me would have done that with me. I would have been better for all of us. (laughs) So it's 2020 on that. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate your advice, your wisdom, your way of thinking. Um, I miss you and I hope I get to see you soon. I hope I get to see you soon. Thank you so much for having me on thrive podcast today jessica i appreciate you you are a wonderful uh friend and wife and mother and an amazing business owner so god bless thank you bless you talk to you soon friend